Just like most episodes, this one contains strong language. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those of the host and guests and in no way represent the state of Oklahoma, the Oklahoma Historical Society, or the Oklahoma State Historic Preservation Office. Welcome to the Musings of an ADD Mind podcast. This is your host, Jack. And if you've listened for any length of time, you know that I have the ADD Mind. I'm just absolutely riddled with it. And also, if you've listened for any length of time, you know, at the end of the month, we talk about the important things in this world, pop culture, music, movies, TV shows. And today I have somebody on who is a first time guest. And I have been looking forward to having him on because we are going to talk about one of my lifetime, lifetime loves, Star Trek. Ray! Hey, how you doing? I'm doing all right. I appreciate you coming on. Well, uh, thank you. This is, uh, this is uh, you can pretty much fill probably several separate podcasts with Star Trek, just on Star Trek and never exhaust the uh, the shows. Oh, yeah, I could probably mm-hmm. start a Star Trek, a Star Trek podcast. <laughs> so, um, cool fact, Ray lives in Colleen, Texas, which is right next to the wonderful Fort Hood, Texas, where I was stationed when I was in the Army. So we have that in common, which is which is kind of cool, but I also don't really desire going back to Colleen. <laughs> So how are things in Colleen going at this moment? And then we can get into the important stuff. Well, my neighborhood survived the, uh, what, you, what I hope is the, the last of the 2023 ice. Yeah. And from what I can tell, we're, well, we don't have, I think our power lines are buried, for one thing. Mm-hmm. So um, there are poles at the end of the streets, but we don't have lines running in front of our houses and people don't have uh there are not a lot of trees uh and certainly not a lot of trees uh, real close to the curb so that's a problem like back in austin where uh ice trees power lines is just uh, not a good mix yeah yeah Um, for sure so we didn't uh we didn't have any uh power outage and i was i kept uh, trying to turn things off just to to whatever extent that preserves power for other places uh, right? while we're trying to get, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, moving again. Uh, but it's pretty quiet here, except when the, uh, when the army is uh, doing stuff closer to, uh, uh, to where, however that the base is laid out, because it takes up a huge chunk of the, of the map. On the, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that and, it uh, does. So, uh, but we can, uh, we've got helicopters or I guess it's artillery or tank tanks firing during the day and night. So yeah, it's, it's, uh, it, this neighborhood's pretty quiet except for mostly, mostly uh, stuff that uh, training exercises or whatever's going on, on on base. And um, some nights you can, if I'm outside, I can hear the Reveille playing from the base and I when the first time I heard it I thought it was the neighbor across the street with a in the garage with a bugle and 
<laughs> and I talked, I, I talked to him a couple of days after that. And he's like, no, that wasn't me. That's we were like just a stone's throw from the, uh, one of the gate. Uh, not sure which gate it is. Right. Um, and, uh, but it's really pretty quiet in this area. And I, what I do like about it is the, uh, cost of living is a little bit better than it was uh, back in Austin. The, the rent is this it was way out of my price range. I believe that. I believe that for sure. <laughs> for sure. For sure. Well, let's get talking about um, Star Trek. I know that you wanted to talk about Insurrection. Um, yeah. But before we do, I just wanted to sort of throw the, like when my love of Star Trek began and when my dad was, well, we all lived in Abilene, Texas. My dad was stationed at Dias Air Force Base. And um, the local UHF channel every day at five would air original Star Trek reruns. And that was when I initially started watching. So I was seven or eight. And then my mom discovered that a good motivator for me was that I had to have my homework done so that I could watch Star Trek when it came on. So, <laughs> okay. But that's when my uh, my love of Star Trek began, and I was always a Mister Spock fan. And then when Next Generation came out, I started watching it. You know, I watched DS Nine, Voyager. You know, all of the movies. Been to many. You know, the movies came out, went and saw them, and then since sort of this new you know, reboot on Paramount has started. I've watched the first season of Picard, not the second. I haven't watched Strange New Worlds yet. And I haven't watched Discovery because I've got so many mixed signals on Discovery. I haven't decided if I wanted to jump in and I'm having a hard time with how the Klingons look. Thoughts? <laughs> yeah. So, well, I I started uh, with when it first got on, I guess it, it was, well, let's see 1967. So I was four when it first came on the air. Right. Um, and uh, I didn't really, I guess I was about seven or eight when I, it really caught my interest. And I would sit and watch it with my dad. And that was my, our, he, he and I connected. Um, I mean, he took me flying when I was like three. Oh, cool. And uh, his, the stuff, he he shared with me the things that fascinated him and and so my sense of wonder has always been off the charts right and so uh, we would sit and watch uh watch star trek together and then it i didn't realize that it was already off the air it was already it had already been canceled and while we were watching with syndication i didn't know what syndication was uh, right and, and so um then came the um the series no one wants to talk about anymore, <laughs> just the animated series. Yeah, I have that on. Um, I have that on Blu-ray. Cool. So I, I watched. I, I tried to catch those when I could uh, on on Saturdays, and we didn't. Then we in in the intervening years we had Star Wars and uh, Close Encounters of the Third. There were other things, and I was a sci-fi buff all all those years, watching everything I could could find. And then the, the first movie came out and I didn't understand the problems that people were having with, they called it uh, Star Trek, the motion picture sickness. 
mm-hmm. based on on the way that, that the first movie went. And so I I watched that one, and I watched the I watched every one. The only uh, only series I have not uh, I've not finished watching Discovery, uh, and the only other thing uh, below. Lower decks, lower, de- lower, lower decks. decks, yeah, lower decks, lower decks, yeah. I haven't quite gotten into that one yet, and I, so I'll get to it. I'm, I've got the the Paramount uh, subscription, so I'll, I'll, I'll work it in. And uh, so I, when I was thinking, of trying to narrow things down a little bit, I was was thinking about uh, the, the the movie uh, Insurrection because there was a theme in there that they teased at but didn't. And it was kind of a, an undercurrent, which was the, the fountain of youth. Right. So there, there are things about, the, if you go in and look up fountain of youth, uh, you'll start running into, um, they'll mention the web pages, will mention Herodotus, and they'll mention the explorer, uh, and they also became the governor of Puerto Rico and, and, part of, and Florida for a while, uh, Ponce de Leon. Right. And they, he's he's supposedly one of the kind of urban legends or rumors about him is that he was also was seeking the fountain of youth, and there's a fountain of youth like theme park in I think Orlando, Jacksonville, somewhere like that. Okay, Saint Pete, maybe St. Pete, maybe St. Petersburg. So, so my, so watching, I was watching Insurrection the first time, and they they go into this, and the people have been living there on the planet for over 300 years and the, the planet regenerates the, the radiation regenerates their genetic structure. I'm like, well, yeah, we could all use that. But there's a thing about the uh, fountain of youth that we, you, you got to remember when you see these things, it, there's a catch and the catch with the fountain of youth is you can't bring the waters away from the fountain to anyone. Right. Yeah. Um, kind of like that, uh, in the in the end of the last crusade, where you, you, there was a certain line you couldn't cross with the cup with the water, well, that's what they were trying to do in insurrection. Is I don't it was like they were trying to take the rings, suck the rings in, collect the particles or something, and that amongst several other little bits didn't get fleshed out very well because right. I started when I was I was writing notes. I'm like, okay, so why didn't they? First of all. Why can't we replicate this process with uh, synthetically? For one thing, it's it's Star Trek. It's the twenty fourth century. I mean, come on. The other thing was there's again the the, the theme is that you can't bring the fountain of youth away to to to, to human humanity. Right. If you, once you find it, if you want to stay, want to live forever, you have to stay right there. And that theme gets. Twisted in some certain movies like uh, 1990, I'm sorry, 2002, um, Tuck Everlasting, which starred uh, William Hurt and uh, F. Murray Abraham. No, no, I take it back. It's a different guy. But anyway, there's this there's this little brook, and if you drink the water from the brook, you become immortal. But that's it. There's no talk about they, they didn't try to. Uh, bottle it or any of that sort of stuff, and this sounded like they were trying to bottle the uh, radiation particles. Then there's the the family, the blood feud. Okay, these people, these kids want to run away, but you left. They left home, and boom, here comes uh, achy, breaky back, and, and uh, uh, all the all the problems that come with, with aging. 
Yeah. So they decided, well, we're just going to steal it. And there, there were a lot of uh, things that they uh, didn't get into with it, like like the um, the romance that was building between Picard and Anish. They kind of they teased at that a bit, and there looks like he may come back uh, on shore leave or something at the very end. But in, in any, whenever you have a like a, a utopian society type thing, there's always a catch to it in these movies. Um, like Logan's Run, you could only live to be thirty, okay. And in other situations, there's always something that you aren't going to want to do to to be uh, either be immortal or to um, for this society to function. And with this one, you they just really anybody can show up, and there's looks like there's more room on the planet for more people, but you got to stay there. Right. You can't if if you leave, you start at, at some point the the um, effects of aging kick in, and uh, I. Overall, I, I liked the movie, but there, there were just, I, I started noticing as I kept watching it over and over, I started noticing things that we probably would have needed uh, to be a, either a two or three parter to, to, for them to fully build those themes and really treat the, the, that part of it with, uh, get, give it more, more time. Right, right, right. My, this is going to sound silly, my favorite part of Insurrection. Is when Worf has the pimple. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um. <laughs> and they're like, it's a whatever the Klingon word is. And they're like, what's that? And the, is the Dr. Crusher? She's like. <laughs> yeah. That was, he seemed to, he seemed to be a lot more, um, he seemed to be a lot nicer in, uh, in this one. Uh because usually uh, he wants to take a he does, he's he's Klingon he wants to take a bat left and uh, yeah hack things and and uh, he wasn't as he went to as far as uh, taking care of the people and all that he was was like a very really nice guy yeah <laughs> um, you could almost say uncharacteristically nice or kind or whatever or empathetic. Right, you don't expect from a Klingon as much of, um, and um, but they've carried that into Picard season three. If you've seen the trailers, because Worf is like, I am a pacifist now, <laughs> and Riker's like, okay, This is gonna be wait fun. Wait a minute, there's there's a Picard season three, yeah, yeah. You haven't seen the trailer okay. for it? No, I saw I watched the till the end of season two, and the, I'm not gonna spoil that for you. Yeah. Uh, See, there are some. Some things that happen there that you are not going to expect. When okay. we're done, go go Google the trailer for it. So there's a scene where, like, Worf is talking about Picard's second number one, and he's like, I used to be like her, violent and quick to action. And he's like, but I am a pacifist now. And then Riker, right as, then the transporter starts, and Riker's like, this is going to be exciting. <laughs> so they okay. carried that notion of a kinder, gentler Worf into to the future <laughs> okay now that's uh, i did not uh, didn't i i thought they ended it i it did they didn't really give a at the end of the second it, it wasn't so much of a cliffhanger so it just like like with 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 uh, star trek 2 the wrath of khan the movie 
it, you're like, okay, right, wait a minute, you're, you're this is Spock, and you're just we're just gonna shoot him out the uh, torpedo launcher, uh, and that's it. Come on, <laughs> there right. can't be the end of this. And uh, I think, and I went to one one of the, the two, I guess it was uh, Star Trek conventions before they crapped out and stopped doing that. And it was uh, Walter Koenig uh, was 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 a guest there, and he said that when he saw the script and they they were gonna they were gonna kill Spock, and they were gonna it, it was something really lame, some something that would happen to uh, the original series security officers. Mm-hmm. So he he told he got in touch with him. He said, "Look, this isn't one of the guys in the red shirt." But uh, yeah, I, there was no. There wasn't that much, like I said. They they wrapped up the the. It had they they could see you could see a future beyond that last episode, but everything was wrapped up, and, and it wasn't anything. You weren't waiting for somebody to be revived or something like that. Right. It was just it, everything was was wrapped up, and so if they wanted to end it there, they could. So I didn't think there was going to be one. I thought that our next thing was whatever was going to come after Lower Decks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, I'm I'm glad that I could give you a slight bit of happiness. So yeah, I, I've even if it's not well done, I will go. I'll, I'll go watch the the movies. This it's just I mean it's been yeah part of my life for half a century. Oh <laughs> um, oh yeah yeah. It's formed a lot of. I mean, I, I sat there when we watched the moon landing, you know, in, in '69, and uh, so there was something connected with space every all the time after that, and um, it, it's uh, Star Trek's formed my, at least my wish for our uh, our, our science and engineering and state of the art and. and um, and as as we move move forward, and when you know when I look at some other stuff that's going on with uh, computers, I'm like, okay, when we were tinkering with the little microprocessor chip and plugging wires on a breadboard to make it uh, chirp and stuff like that, all this uh, uh, privacy invasions and uh, ransomware and all this other junk was not what we had in mind. So <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, it's been kind of like I um, looked forward to us doing more uh, expo- exploration with, with the space program, and so it's uh, and Star Trek's driven a lot of that. Even though I understand the physics, at least as much of it as I can understand, and that we, at, at the way we're looking at it right now, we can't go faster than a, a speed of light and all that sort of stuff. So no warp drive as it, at least as it's played out on Star Trek, but I hope that we could see, you know, get a probe to one of these uh, exoplanets that we keep, they keep popping up on space.com every, every few months. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. And, and all that for me is all, all is all been driven by Star Trek. And so, it kind of it was hard. Some of the stuff that was hard to watch was not in insurrection, but uh, in that first uh, the first reboot with Chris Pine, mm-hmm, um, right? 
was was watching the planet Vulcan dissolved into a black hole. I was like, oh no, it, um, it, it was there was no that that was that kind of broke my heart watching that happen. And so it, with um, with with insurrection, uh, I mean, I had hoped they would go back that there would be a trip like like that they would actually. One of the things I, I when I was thinking about, okay, well, how, how can we, how can we do this so that people can kind of get kind of instead of spending their time on on Risa, they just like find a continent on uh, another part of on the other side of the world on this planet, and they could just set up kind of a resort, and people can come there on shore leave and do their thing and relax and rest and, and rejuvenate and re, uh, and all that. Right. Yeah. And, uh, It'd be a good place for of, a hospital. Yeah. But as far as what, what the, what the villains were trying to do, it's, it's like, no, you, you, what, what, plus the, the way, the way, the, the way stories work, there's just no way for that to, uh, if they, if they were to do it, then in order for us to resolve the conflict, it has to fail. But since there are movies where, they just don't have an in, a, a good ending and we've never seen really other than Spock's death we really haven't seen that with with Star Trek movies ever uh they, there's yeah. always a, a resolution at the end so it's I mean it's a good movie and I, I when I'm on but you can't go by my uh if you're looking at my ratings on IMDB you just don't because I rate every if I watch it I give it 10 stars Regardless, even if it's bad, I get ten stars just to throw off their um, <laughs> their, their algorithm. <laughs> so just to throw off the, I give everything ten stars, even if I haven't even seen it all. If I, if I uh, um, just to to throw it throw off their their stats, I I, I wanted to see, uh, like I said, I wanted to see them do something else with that, but you know they had to move to nemesis, the, whatever the. Yeah, Nemesis, and you know, it's another storyline, and other other uh, things going on. Um, it, it's just it, it's a they had uh, some good ideas in it. There's just uh, quite a few things that just were kind of left on. They had to leave on the cutting room floor to fit it within hour and twenty hour and thirty minutes or something like that. Yeah, yeah, uh, an extended cut would probably help that movie out a little bit. Yeah, I would was would, would like to like to see that if if it was. Yeah, or, or one of those, one of those fan edits. Like uh, there's a a guy named or a person named uh, goes by the name Spice Diver, and um, whoever who this person is, they did a a really cool edit of Dune, bringing in parts of the extent the the longer uh, they they re-edit they edited the the part the the longer version of it to make a three hour. Uh, film it's it's uh it's pretty good but it's not uh it's not authorized and uh you, you can't uh, yeah you can't really buy it anywhere so yeah I, I'd, I'd like to like to see him do like there's got to be footage that wasn't used and just kind of bring that uh bring that in so we can kind of see more of the story because there are a lot of things that we just needed to like that little mouse-sized little critter that the boy had after a certain point it, it would crawl out of his pocket and 
and you have to go grab go but you can only do that a couple of times before it's like okay let's move on yeah um we didn't really see the like the artists working at all we didn't really get to see that because there was uh, so much chaos with uh the, with the way the was it the sona the 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 children the, the yeah uh, the younger the sona yeah yeah the kids yeah. like the next uh generation that was a bad pun. So, sorry. <laughs> so they're they're, they're uh, coming to re, uh, take the rejuvenating thing away from the the from the parents and drop them off somewhere uh, that look and made it look make it look like the uh, place they came from. Right. Um, and which, given the Picard talked about displacing us a, a smaller group of people to satisfy the demands of a larger one, well. At least they're with uh, with with the what they were trying to do, what they're trying to do for the for the Baku is a lot nicer than the stuff that humans have actually done here on Earth. Uh, yeah. with, uh, <laughs> taking over places and displacing people. Yeah, yeah, definitely for definitely for sure. The one thing about that movie though that I've always sort of thought was couldn't the son of just like move to the other side of the world <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> like well there's well, no one over here well like, no nope, we gotta have this area you could you could go it seems like you could go away for a little while and just come back yeah you, you, um because the the i guess the first thing that picard noticed was his skin was, had gotten a lot tighter noticeably tighter uh, and and looking younger, so it's, it's like okay, so you you just you have this pr uh, regular exposure, maybe once a year or something like that, and that it's not gonna you're not gonna you, you can't, you're not gonna be just immortal, but it'll rejuvenate up a lot of yeah yeah and it, it'll extend life, and so that was one of the ideas, but. Whenever you, you, you some of these changes that I was I started proposing, I realized, okay, yeah, but if we do this, we're not gonna have a movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that, I have the I have sort of a similar complaint with uh, Zack Snyder's Man of Steel. You know, the Superman movie. I enjoy that movie, okay, but is that, I is that the one with Kevin Spacey as Lex Luthor? No, no, no. That's uh, Brian Singer's. It's the uh, it's the one where Henry Cavill's Super Bowl, uh, Superman. It's the one that came out 2013, I think. Uh, Amy Adams is Lois Lane. Uh, Michael Shannon is General Zod. You know, and Zod and them all come to Earth, and the whole thing is they're going to terraform Earth to make it like Krypton, and then they're going to bring Kryptonians back. And every time I enjoy the movie, but I always end up thinking, you know, there's a planet like right next door to us. That's the same mass and diameter within a couple hundred miles named Venus, and no one lives there. Just terraform that thing, right? If they would have just done that, then Clark would, Superman would have been like, oh, yeah, hey, here's my, here's all these, because uh, he has like the DNA of Kryptonians in him. And I'm like, you guys get a new planet. Venus is now no longer a hellscape that no one can live in, but Earth is still fine. That's the obvious easy solution, <laughs> and that's always just irritated me. Anyway, that that's okay, a little I, side quest. <laughs> you 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 may have uh, 
you may have pointed out a movie I haven't seen. I don't remember. I don't know if I. I need to. I'll. I'll look at the. I'll look it up on IMDb. I don't know if I've seen that one. And I thought I at least watched all of the Superman. The Batman versus Superman. Uh, and right, I, that's I, the I, one that yeah. led to to Batman versus Superman was Man of Steel. Okay, because okay. I thought. Okay, did we did, did it, this one end up with what was the critter's the creature's name that killed Superman and they they Doomsday? Yeah, yeah, that yeah, that was that was Batman versus Superman, and then after that was Justice League, and then the. Uh, okay. The two, or well, it's about to be the second Aquaman in the the Wonder Woman films, but Man of Steel is what started that sort of live action movie. Which of course now they've canceled all of that and they're re 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 booting, booting all the DC movies. But anyway, that was just a a simple aside that you <laughs> you made me okay. You didn't make me. It just popped in my head. Not really related to okay, Star Trek, I'm, other than I'm trying. I'll have to look. I'll have to look because I remember seeing the one where with the the little boy who was Lois Lane's kid. Yeah, and yeah, that's Superman we, Returns. That's Brian Singer's. Yeah, because we find because that's where we we find out that uh, that he's actually half Kryptonian. He yeah, would, he yep. would not say. He, he, which that's a common. That, that's a common thing that happens with some some children they, they just they delay speaking right um because it happened to a friend of mine uh, his son he wasn't talking and they but he, I mean, he was still developing and and he, he was hearing them and he was listening and, and all that and it, the doctor said well is that i everything else he's drawing okay everything's working looks like his speech part will come his, his body's got other, other priorities right now so just let don't worry about it. And when he has something to say, he'll he'll start talking. And sure enough, a few, couple few months after that, he started talking. I don't know what I, I, I don't know what other than uh, this uh, third season of Picard. I don't know what else if there's anything else coming in as far as movies or Star Trek. Whatever fist fight disagreement or whatever it is that happened between Chris Pine and the uh, the other characters and uh, Paramount. I don't know what what it is, but that the whole franchise is just dead. Yeah, third, yeah, yeah. The third movie. Yeah, because the, there was talk that Quentin Tarantino was going to direct one, the next Star Trek with Pine and, and all of them. But like I say, I, I have no idea what's going on. And then it was they're not going to do anymore. And then the rumor was, well, they might be coming back to do another one. And I don't know. I have thoughts on sort of the, you know, the re the reboot, or as it's called, the Kelvin universe of, you know, the parallel sort of Kelvin universe. And okay, are you, are you talking about the, the Empire? Well, I'm the whole you one. Know? No, no, no. The like the whole you know the like the alternate universe with Chris Pine and uh, you know that inner version of Star Trek. I just always felt like in the original series and then in the movies, Captain Kirk, while yes, he liked the ladies, the thing that he loved more than anything was the Enterprise and Spock and McCoy. And I just felt like in the the Pine universe that they took his love of the ladies 
like a little too far. It, I don't. It just seemed like they that they made that the larger character trait versus his love of the Enterprise and Spock and McCoy, and also he got promoted to captain too fast. <laughs> you know, well, yeah. It, it was uh, it was almost it was kind of like the the Brat Pack. I don't mean Brad yeah. Pack and the, the uh, Ali Sheedy and Judd Nelson, but it was just everybody was way younger than they would have been. Yeah. On the uh, given if you if we look at the the original story arc, and um, I didn't understand what there was supposedly a connection between Nemesis and this this alternate the Kelvin universe. Uh, set of movies and i haven't quite figured that i still haven't figured that out yet what the connection is maybe it's i, I guess somebody's written something about it i can look it up because nemesis was kind of nemesis was kind of rough it was not what because it was romulan the, the, right. dealing with, with the, Rom, the, the those two planets romulus and remus and we really hadn't had to deal with with them much in the other uh shows I mean, of course, there was. There's always this chess game between Picard and uh, Commander Tomalak, and then and all. But it it uh, was everybody was very was a little more respectful then. Mm-hmm. And when you got to Nemesis and this this uh, the the Romulans in uh, the first uh, that first movie with uh, with Pine, they were um, they were kind of. It was kind of like the, the same kind of jolt from go- going from Gene Hackman as Lex Luthor to Kevin Spacey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was, Kevin Spacey was not funny. There was no humor at all. It was just all psychopath violence. Right. And that's kind of what, what I felt coming from the Romulans in that. Because, uh, yeah, the, the captain gave the wrong answer and the the Romulan captain just uh, threw, a, threw a spear and killed him. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And- um, I was going to say, I sort of have felt like with the Generation version of the movies, you know, from Generations and then First Contact and then Insurrection and Nemesis, I kind of felt like they went on sort of like a roller coaster. To me, Generations, I always felt like it was written by people that wrote the TV show and not people that necessarily write movies. And I felt with first contact, they got the movie part of having the next generation cast in a movie. Right. And then with insurrection, while I did enjoy insurrection, I almost felt like it was, I feel like insurrection would have been better off as like a three-parter of, of like generations as a TV show. Cause like you were saying, they could have fit more of these plot points in. Yeah. And then they went dark again, you know, with Nemesis. And while I do understand with Data why you kind of had to, I guess, maybe the Data story was kind of getting played out, if that makes sense. But that always sort of, I don't know, irritated me. And then the whole, well, they could just transfer Data's, you know, intelligence into B4 and 
I'm like, you could have come up with something better than B4, really B4, but, you know, but I always sort of felt like with the generation cast, the movies were, were slightly hit or miss. But if you go and think about the original movie, Star Trek five was definitely a miss, but I think two, uh, two, three, and four, that's almost like its own little trilogy within the Star Trek original cast movie sort of canon if you think about it because that was really like one long succinct story yeah because you know the motion picture obviously is different and then star trek 5 was just maybe too ambitious i don't know and then undiscovered country i i did like undiscovered country yeah the fifth uh star, uh, star trek 5 that i think somebody called it uh, the final flop <laughs> and uh, I mean, there there were some. There was well, like the they go to because in the series when they would get to that iridescent uh, wave thing at the edge of the galaxy, they, with the exception of um, this one episode, the first episode or the the episode with the Kelvins, yeah, where they went through there and they were headed towards the Andromeda galaxy, and it was they had uh, were supposed to get there fairly quickly even though it's two million light years away right so with with uh <clears throat> excuse me so with the, the 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 fifth movie i don't know there, there were just uh, it was more there were there were too many gaps i guess it, it uh yeah david warner as that uh, the uh federation ambassador and all and it was kind of like they were trying to do a like it was being filmed on on a Tatooine. I mean, they called the planet Nimbus, but that's what it, it looked like. Tat, it looked kind of like Tatooine, though, because sand yeah. everywhere. But they, they get they were gonna so they go through that barrier, and they find this planet, and of course, and there's there's this being that's been marooned there or trapped there or something like that, and he's pretending to be God. And I, I remember uh, when um, Spock says, "What does God need with a star starship?" Yeah. Yeah, and, that's the best part of the movie, honestly. And, and uh, of course, you don't ask the Almighty for his ID. And I, I, I was still very, very much into the church at that point. Like, oh, yes, you do. Yes, you do. <laughs> <laughs> um, that was uh, like that. Uh, you know, when they they made the captain apologize, and he was like, "Okay, well, that, there's no not even a." There's no word in the Klingon language for apologize. <laughs> I apologize. I did get to meet uh, one of the actors, uh, the the female Klingon that was on the bridge. Oh, okay. I, did, I got I got to meet her. Uh, we we I was lived I moved to Bur the Burbank area, California, and we were happened to be members of the same gym. And I, I like I was watching the credits. Like, wait a minute, I know who. That is so, but when, when but by that time it uh, uh, I mean, sorry, uh, uh, undiscovered country was had already uh, played and generations. The hard the, it was hard to watch Captain Kirk, Admiral Kirk die. That was I did not like that. There are a lot of people that uh, were were glad for him to go, but it's like, no, he's, we've been with him all across the galaxy. I did not like watching that scene. And that last scene at the very end there, but uh, it was time to hand over. They were, they were handing over the, uh, 
the movie franchise to the next generation of crew is what I got from oh. that. Oh, yeah, that was <clears> the <throat> yeah, that was definitely the passing of the baton in that situation. Definitely for sure. Yeah, we went to first contact and, and uh was it first contact and then insurrection? I think is where that Yeah, went. it was first contact, insurrection and then nemesis. Yeah. So I was when when they stopped after nemesis, I was hoping they transfer data into this uh, B4 and, and move on, but they didn't do that. They say, you know, it, uh, we're creating black holes in the middle of planets and, and uh, <laughs> stuff like that. So, um, yeah. And it, I, I did like having the, the two Spocks. That was, that was cool. I, I liked watching them interact and calling each other Mr. Spock. You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was, that's, that is, I really like that scene, and I also love how uh, Leonard Nimoy and Zachary Quinto became really, really good friends after filming that, because before they started filming, uh, Leonard Nimoy and Zachary Quinto just spent hours talking about Spock and why Nimoy did this and this and this and this, you know, as Spock. And I really felt that carried over in Quinto's portrayal of Spock. Um, I think that showed that he had a pretty good understanding of Spock. And it has to be because of, you know, Leonard Nimoy sort of filling him in on all of that. And then there were, did you remember this, the commercials that Leonard Nimoy and Zachary Quinto did? I think I've seen a, a couple of them. <laughs> those were, those were quite funny, but yeah. When Leonard Nimoy died, I was at work. And it sort of, you know, came up and I was just, I was just so sad. I had a hard time finishing out the day. It was like an uncle died or something. And I was just like, no, Leonard Nimoy can't die. He's Spock. <laughs> I, was, I, was, I, I, I went and, and I, I, hunted, I went and I hunted down a picture of the that funeral service in, at the end of Star Trek II. Right. And so I got the photo. I went on, went on the Facebook account I had at the time. And I just I typed in the quote from Kirk of my friend. I can only say this: that of all the souls I've encountered in my travels, his was the most human. Yeah. And I just posted that. And rest in peace, Leonard Nimoy. And then I, you know, they they came up with the documentary for for the love of Spock. And so you got to see you got to hear from his kids, from Adam and uh, yeah, Julie. <laughs> I I know um, Adam. I can't think of the the other ones. Uh, uh, and it, and the things that they were dealing with, with uh, just be you know having your your name in the phone book and people just coming to the house and things like that, which we don't really you don't get to do. Well, it's 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 a lot more frowned upon now than it was in the '60s. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, with, uh, with 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 actors, um, and so we. we so we, we got to see a lot of the stuff that was going on behind the scenes, the things that we, I never knew about. Uh, you know, he, he had to he had to wear his hair like that. he had the you know that, that haircut all the time. And his his daughter says, "Yeah, we, we had to kind of kind of comb it to the side a little bit to do something with it." You know? <laughs> um, yeah, but it's just the move to the the the, re, the reboots of Paramount. I. I, I need to finish uh, finish Discovery, uh, finish watching Discovery, 
some of the, the Klingons and the whole flesh-eating Klingon. I know they eat meat, but eating your enemy, that, that was kind of hard to hard to take. Yeah, Um, and uh, it, it seems like if they, when they when they've been away for a while and it's time to uh, bring back the reboot the Klingons, they they redesigned the what they look like and all. yeah. And Yeah, uh, yeah. it's like these guys all look kind of all kind of had a good tan. It was just it's everybody had a good tan in the original series, and then it moved from that to the ridges, and then. And then they had to they had to come up with the uh, the explanation for the ridges, which uh, it was in. They finally put, uh, showed that in uh, Enterprise. Yeah, that that was Uh, where one of they the greatest retcons in moviedom is how they went and did that. You know, explain the lack of the the ridges and everything. I I love that it was a virus. <laughs> you know what I mean? It wasn't a virus, but you know, it was it was an experiment gone wrong. <laughs> I love that whole that whole thing. A good re I don't necessarily have a problem with a good retcon. It's it's bad retcons that I have the problem with. So <laughs> they handled that one well. <laughs> Yeah, and I I was hoping that, that that there would be another another series building on on Enterprise too. And I uh, at, at at the end uh, when they yeah, at the very end they, when they they killed off Trip and all that, it's like okay, yeah, we're not probably not going to see a new uh, anything more done with this. Uh, and that that kind of uh, some of the things that they were doing with with Enterprise were kind of annoying some friends of mine because they started off with. no transporter use and you were just uh taking shuttles everywhere and they slowly bringing in the transporter bringing in the transporter and and all and and our, our friend of mine got got really got a little bit irritated with that because he said it it was too it was too high tech when you compare the that enterprise to the original enterprise because like yeah but uh, we had no computer graphics in in the 60s Everything Yeah. was uh, they had to make things out out of plywood and paint and uh, <laughs> yeah, plastic yeah. plastic buttons and things like that. Yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. Real quick, though, my final thoughts on Insurrection. I still feel like the special effects of all of the space battles and all of that hold up very, very well. I, I think that I, I just really appreciate when special effects... you know, hold up that way, you know, all these years on, which leads me to a problem. Cause at the end of the first season of Picard, I was really irritated with that final showdown with all of the Federation ships and all of the Romulan ships, because it was just the same ship a hundred times. And that irritated me. That's a different podcast. Any final thoughts for you though, on insurrection, especially since you watched it a couple times, before we started uh, recording today that uh, I don't know the last time you watched it, but maybe just, you know, looking at it since, Oh, I haven't watched this in several years or whatever. Well, well, like the 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 battle when they were when the Enterprise was trying to get far enough out of the region to make it give it to send a transmission. I when I first saw that when I saw the second ship start to the first ship blew blew apart and I saw the second ship start to explode start explosions on the second ship, and I thought, okay, they blew up both ships and I've forgotten. that 
it, it was heavily damaged and they were asking for assistance. And supposedly there were more of the Sona reinforcements out somewhere that they were mm-hmm. trying to that they were trying to call for. And it, it's another part of, part of the show that didn't get we, we didn't see the resolution to, which is what's going on with that. I mean, the the leader's dead. The second in command is patching things up with his mother, and, and what about the the other these other ships that were out there and what what's how do we because we're going to have to defend the planet against them as well so that was another another one that was just kind of quietly not Not mentioned (laughs) yeah the subspace weapons um we'd uh, we'd seen that theme before in uh, ds9 with these uh bombs that were called uh houdinis Uh that would just pop in out of they were they, they were hiding in subspace and then they would just kind of materialize and explode at, at kind of random locations it seemed like right so we, we'd already seen subspace subspace type weapons before but they, i don't recall anyone saying that they were banned that 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 little device was banned but these other these things that uh, that the the sonar were using were banned by the treaties and it's it was kind of i was looking at it like okay so what what uh what, what about these other things that we, we saw in uh, one of the series the blowing up the warp core well that's we've seen uh warp warp cores have been uh either a target or a casualty in several uh <laughs> yeah several series where they've had, where they've had to Eject a core, and then they had it towing it with a with a uh, with a tractor beam in one episode, or one one series, one show. And so when they they blew it up, it's like okay, but you guys are going to have to fly on impulse the entire to the nearest place to get get a new warp core. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, <laughs> that 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 is not the uh, the same as traveling at warp speed. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it may be fast, but still not practical (laughs) star trek is just one of those shows that has had such an impact on people's lives but not just that i mean when when they ask people at nasa you know that are engineers and aerospace engineers and all of that what's one of the things that made them want to go into you know the aerospace field and you know or astronomy and all of that so many, so many people say Star Trek. Star Trek did this for me. You know, it was my love of Star Trek that made me want to do this. And even that's really more impressive than the like the pop the pulp uh, pop culture side of the effect that Star Trek has had on everything. And just this longevity of a little show that Lucille Ball is responsible for getting on TV you know, that had to fight to make it the three seasons that it stayed on is just incredible. It, it it really is incredible. And the effect it's had on people is phenomenal. And I think it'd just be cool to talk to, you know, have like a round table yeah, I mean, about Star Trek. As, as we've gotten into uh, uh, with, with uh, social media and all you know, the, the, uh, the comparison, like people will try to compare the franchise comparison between Star Trek and Star Wars with like, you just stop. I'll, I'll watch both of them. Don't, don't. Uh, I, I mean, I, 
Star Trek was for me was there first. Right. I mean, I, I was 12 or something when, uh, say, seven, seven, so yeah, uh, 13, I guess, 13 or 14 when uh, Star Wars came out. Right. But my head was always in the start. It was always any uh, anything to do with space. I was right. I was right there. Uh, so I trying to make the make the comparison. I, I just kind of tune those conversations out because it's like no, just just stop. Don't. Uh, I mean, I, I did see one clip where somebody had mashed together uh, the. I think it was the Death Star versus the uh, the shadows on. Uh, Babylon from Babylon Five, mm-hmm. and uh, they brought in uh, the, the Enterprise, and, so, and it's kind of like okay, but we really don't, we haven't. This is somebody's idea. They we haven't had the the director and a cast and all, and a script and all that written to see actually how something like that would even work itself out, especially when you have no idea what. Well, we're just told that Star Wars happened, uh, you know, a long, long ago in a galaxy far, far away. Far away, away. yeah. Yeah, I, I don't participate in the comparison debate. Uh, just, I, I don't. I'll, I'll, if if they, if it comes on, I'll watch it. But I'm not, I'm not going to get into which one's actually better. Yeah, I, I don't see I, any. I, I, I was going to say, I don't see any fault with that because, in my opinion. The only thing that's really the same is both properties start with the word star and they take place in space and have spaceships. But I love both. I love both. And a lot of (laughs) sci-fi. So anyway, well, and I'm happy you came on. I'm, I'm excited for this. Thank you. Appreciate you taking time out of your, we're recording this on a Monday. And by the time listening friends you hear this, it, it's going to be a little further down the road. <laughs> but hence the talk of the ice storm, because this is going to air when it's going to be much warmer outside. <laughs> so um, anyway, Ray, I appreciate you coming on and taking time out of your day. And yeah, yeah, I appreciate it. So right, well, um, thank you. I'm going to go ahead and end it like I always do and. Remember, everybody, try to live your life in a way that would make Bob Ross proud. Bye! Thank you for listening to Musings of an ADD Mind. If you enjoyed this podcast, or even if you didn't, please hit the subscribe or follow button.